This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. about Jesus Christ, everything would fall into place. You worry about what's right and wrong, what's politically correct, sharing Jesus Christ will fall into place. We're to be on our knees and praying, praying for our country, praying for all elected officials, regardless of what party they belong to. We pray for them, and we still we need to submit to them. Now the word, uh, the scripture doesn't only tell us that we are to submit to them, but also we need to do one step further. We need to pray for them. That's what the scripture says. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will share with you that if you share about Jesus and His gospel, everything will fall into place. You don't need to worry about what is politically correct. You as a Christian should be concerned about what is correct according to God's Word. Pastor Eddie will also encourage you to be praying for the leaders in your government, even if they don't share the same views as you. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Romans chapter 13 with today's edition of Running the Race. does that mean? You want to fight the government? You want to fight, you know, yeah, you may prove your point, but you're going to be sitting in jail. You may prove your point, but others have been scarred, and now you're fighting against the government, and that's a problem with God. Jesus set the example. He set the example. Jesus was innocent, but Jesus himself submitted to the governing authority who were falsely arresting him. And sad to say that we see a lot of that today, not only in America, but around the world, where people are fighting against the government, violently protesting, resisting arrest. God has no part of that, no matter what the cause is. There's a way of sharing the truth. There's a way of doing things what's right. There's a way, and you do it out of love, most important through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus even said that in the last day there would be lawlessness. That's what we see, lawlessness, lawlessness. In Matthew 24, there will be lawlessness, and that's what we see now. Riots everywhere. No one cares. They're fighting against the government. Instead of going to the voting poll, instead of, you know, sharing and bringing and educating people, they want to fight and bring it in their own hands. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, John writes this, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know, saints, Jesus set the example. Jesus is God. Jesus was the creator of the world. He came in the flesh, and he humbled himself. He humbled himself even to the authorities when he could have called down 12 legions of angels what does that say for you and I, believers in Jesus Christ, is that we are to submit to the governing authority. If we have a problem with politics, let it be. Pray for those leaders, especially if it's against you know, God and his word. 
Because saints, we're not called to win political battles. We're not called to win political battles. We're called to win spiritual battles. That's what we're here for. That's why I'm not big into politics. Just pray for them. And, and if I don't like what, what they stand for, vote against them. If I like where they stand, vote for them. I said, come every time it comes to election, I really care less. I really care less what party they belong to. All I care is where they stand biblically. That's my concern. It's not how much money I can get in my pocket. It's not about you know, whether I'm going to get benefits in my 401k or, or whether. It's, who cares? It's where you know, those, those politicians that are going to fight for what's biblically right. I'm not going to vote for one that's for abortion. You let the world figure it out. If they haven't figured it out, you share them the love of Jesus Christ. You let them know, listen, you call it whatever you want to. You want to be politically correct. Let's be biblically correct. It is murder. Bottom line. I couldn't believe that there are people who really didn't care about Christian values, but they'll go to the voting poll because, well, they probably caught up more into the world than the word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our battle, for those who are in darkness, the rulers are darkness. It's dark. It's spiritual. It's not flesh and blood. We're to get on our knees. When we're fighting, instead of thinking of joining a group to protest and walk around and saving the trees, talk, you know, pray for those people who are, who are trying to make way for abortion. Sometimes we get all caught up in all these protests. It's really not where we belong. We need to pray for them. You sharing about Jesus Christ, everything will fall into place. You worry about what's right and wrong, what's politically correct, share Jesus Christ, it'll fall into place. We're to be on our knees and praying, praying for our country, praying for all elected officials, regardless of what party they belong to. We pray for them, and we still, we need to submit to them. Now, the word, uh, the scripture doesn't only tell us that we're to submit to them, but also we need to do one step further. We need to pray for them. That's what the scripture says. Paul tells us in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, he says, Therefore I exalt first of all that supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. You see, Nero was still the ruler was still the emperor, even for this letter in First Timothy, when Paul was writing to Timothy. Nero was still in charge. Nero was still the emperor. Also, we find in First Peter chapter 2, verses 13, 13 to 17, he writes, Therefore submit yourselves every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. But this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak of vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. 
Submission and prayer. That should be a heart regardless who's in office. As Christians, we're to submit and pray. Now, before we go any further, I'm pretty sure the question is in your mind. What if the government passes laws that force us to go against God and his word? When is it that we are not to submit to those in authority? You see, as believers in Christ, we have dual citizenship. We are here on earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. For those of us who accepted Christ as Lord and personal Savior, we are not Christians by name or because our parents are Christians, but we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. The Bible says that there is the book of life in heaven. The book of life is a book of of names of those who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior and has chosen to follow Jesus. Just as, if you will, in every town, every town has a registry of those who are residents in that town. Our citizenship is in heaven, first and foremost, because we accepted Christ as Lord and personal Savior. We're not of this world. We're in this world, but not of it. But we have a citizenship, and our dual citizenship is to be here and serve. So, We are submitting first to God and his word, and then to the government, the governing authority. Now, when the law is passed or a decree that causes us to, that's forcing us to disobey God and his laws, then we are not to obey those laws. Clear and simple. We're to be, we are to submit and be obedient to the laws that are written. But we are to submit to God first. I'm going to give you some Old Testament examples of how that played out with those in the scriptures of the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 1, if you remember the time when the midwives uh, were ordered by Pharaoh, the midwives were ordered by Pharaoh that, you know, if any of the uh, Hebrew slaves, the women, were to give birth, and you help the Hebrew women give birth and delivering a child, if the child is a male child, a male Hebrew child, they were ordered by Pharaoh to take the male child and tossed the child into a crocodile-infested Nile, the Nile River. And you see, a good thing that these women fear God, and they disobeyed. They refused to follow that law. They refused to, to follow that decree. They refused to listen to their ruler, Pharaoh. And so, these women disobeyed the governing authority of Pharaoh, In Daniel chapter 3, we find that King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue. And he made a decree that once the nation and all tribes will listen, when they hear the music, they are to bow down and worship the golden image. And you could see a sea of people bowing down once the music was played, with the exception of three. Three men who fear God, and God was their God. And their three men were named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they worship God. And they say, listen, uh, we've been obedient. We've been godly people. But this is one thing we will not do. Because they know the commandments that were given. Thou shalt not have no other God. Thou shalt not, you know, uh, create an image of man. So they didn't worship the idol. Because it was an idol. And so there they stood. And so King Nebuchadnezzar ordered these men to go into the fiery furnace. And it tells us in the word, in the scriptures, that uh, the men, the very servants that were trying to push, 
these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fiery furnace that they died. They suffered burns. Uh, but nothing happened to these three men. As a matter of fact, the ropes that they were tied was burnt off. And as King Nebuchadnezzar watched these three men walking around the furnace, just hanging out, nothing happened, not even a hair strand from the hair, suffered. He says, there was three men, weren't they? But there's one that's with them. I see four, one like the Son of Man. You see, God always finds a way. Here we see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they disobeyed the governing authority of King Nebuchadnezzar because they were ordered to bow down and worship another god. We see also in Daniel, the same book, Daniel chapter 6, the governors and the counselors and the advisors of King Darius, uh, they signed a decree, knowing that Daniel was one of King Darius' favorites. And knowing that Daniel was a man of God, that Daniel prayed three times a day religiously. They knew when and where they would find Daniel when he came to prayer. And so secretly, they had the king sign a decree, and I'm paraphrasing here, and he said, you know, if, let's make a, we have a decree here, we think it would look nice, it would be good. Anyone who bows down to anyone, prays or petitions to anyone within the next 30 days, except to you, Lord Darius, will be put into the lion's den. Daniel refused. They knew Daniel would be faithful to God in prayer. And so they found Daniel praying, put him in the lion's den. What happened? Nothing. The lions were vegetarians. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Messed up a nice story. Not so kidding. Uh, but nothing happened to Daniel. And so we see here that Daniel was obedient. He was a servant. But Daniel disobeyed the governing authority of King Darius because he prays to no one but God. No one can stop us from worshiping God. No one. No one. Now, we're blessed. Again, we live in a country where we have, again, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble. You know, we don't know how long that's going to last. And so we, we can worship God, and no one can stop us, and no one should stop us. Be blessed, because we have brothers and sisters in Christ part of the universal body of Christ that in third world countries, there's some places where they're not allowed to worship God and are being killed, put into prison because they're Christians. They catch them hiding. They catch them uh, having services in caves, underground in basements. We, we're blessed. We should be worshiping God freely. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we find a couple of stories, actually, with the apostles. In Acts chapter 4, you remember the time when Peter and John were sharing the gospel. They go into the temple, and just before they started sharing the gospel, they see a man that's been crippled since birth. Over 30-something years, he's been crippled. Everyone in town knew this individual because he, he was at the temple gate every day. And they saw this man grow, grow and there he is still after 30-something years. He's still begging for alms, but he was born crippled. Everybody knew he was. And then Peter and John walks in and they said, you know, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have I give to you. Rise in the name of Jesus Christ. He rose and he walked. Legs that never had muscles. Legs that didn't have much shape of, of bones. Now all of a sudden it has structure and he's up and he's walking. And everybody knows this and they're worshiping God. And they said, there's got to be something behind this and it's Jesus Christ. So they share the gospel. And what happens? The Jewish leaders didn't like it. 
And we find a story in chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. It says, so they called them, that's the, the Sanhedrin council, called the apostles and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. You tell me. This makes sense? You telling me what to do? Your word over God? I don't think so. He said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And if anyone has seen and heard with their physical eyes and and hear with their physical ears is the Apostle John and Peter as well. We cannot but share. Listening to you or listening to what the Lord tells us, he gave us the greatest commission. And we're going to follow that. And then after they let them go, they said, don't do this. They arrested them. They find them again. They arrest them again. They put them into prison. And after they put them into prison, uh, what happens? An angel comes in, unlocks the door, removed the chains from them and set them free. And he said, the angel said to them, go stand in the, in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. So they went back to preaching. They just came out of jail. We don't care. We're going to share the gospel. Love it. Then again, they arrested them and brought them in. The high priest of furious at this time. And then we find it now in the next chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. It says, they said to them, did we not strictly command you, not just command you, strictly command you, not to teach this name. They didn't even mention Jesus. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Love it. The whole town is is believing in Jesus Christ. The whole town now has hope and has been set free. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and and intend to bring this man's blood on us. In other words, we're responsible for his death. That's what you're sharing out there. You know, I know that Peter didn't get into doctrine because if I was there after I shared with him, I said, listen, don't take all the glory for yourself. The blood is not only on you. The blood is on me as well. The blood is on everyone who's responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us, not just the Jews, not just the Pharisees, everyone that needs salvation. I would have told them, hey, don't take all the glory. Don't take all the credit. Don't get greedy with the blood of Jesus. We need it too. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, I love this, we ought to obey God rather than man. So what happens when you go to work and you, you want to share your faith about Jesus Christ? And, you know, there's some people that go take it a little bit too far. I know what it's like to, to be employed and to be a Christian. It's burning up in your belly to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially those that are hurting, especially, you, you know, your fellow brethren, if you will, or your fellow co-workers. For me, it's brethren in law enforcement. That's what it was. I know what it's like. Well, let's put it this way. What if your job tells you, well, listen, you can't be preaching this Jesus stuff or Christian stuff you know, you know, or you're going to be fired. Now, if you're preaching and sharing the gospel while they're paying you to work, they have every right to fire you. You are wrong. They can hire a preacher, right? They said, listen, we're looking for a preacher opening, preacher, to preach while we work. They're hiring to do what, they, what you're getting paid for. So you don't do that doing work. Doing work, you set the example of how you should work. The testimony that you're sharing with your coworkers is how to be faithful to your employer, to be there on time. Don't punch out 15, 30 minutes to rob from your boss. 
Set the example. And that's the testimony. Now, during lunch break, game is open, right? And that's what I would do. I would open up my Bible, and during lunch, I just, they kind of got likened to me, most people. Some thought it was just a, you know, what I was just religious fanatic, Eddie Pinero, you know. But I shared the gospel. In my office, people read the newspaper, read garbage, I open up my Bible. You see, there is a balance to it. So another example, you know, you know, your job, you share the gospel when you can, during your free time, not when they're paying you, before or after work. Now, what happens if we, you know, we know as Christians and biblically we're against abortion, killing innocent babies, save the whale, save the trees, but we're killing our babies. I don't get it. But let's say there's an abortion clinic. We know where it is. It's in our community. What do we as Christians do? I'll tell you what, but you shouldn't do is lock up the place, bolt up the place, and go in and threaten the doctors and all that work there. That's out of order. You're breaking the law. But there's another way of sharing, giving out tracts, being there at the corner, watching those broken women, those little young girls going in there, and they don't know what they have in their belly, and you share with them, that's a life. That's how we do it. We do it out of love. We do it in order without breaking a law to try to, you know, set the example. That's not what we do. We share the love of Jesus Christ, and we do it peacefully. And so we live in a world where there are so many things that are against God. But we need to set the example and share the love of Jesus Christ. What is the greatest commission? The world may order us not to share about the gospel. But what did Jesus say in Matthew 18 to 20? Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. He will never leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of age. But here's where Jesus begins with this. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So regardless of the authority on earth, who's over that? Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus understands that we have this dual citizenship, that we have to live and abide by the laws of the land, but Jesus' authority supersedes that because that very authority came from him. And so that is our greatest commission. We're to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, saints, right now we, we are blessed that we're under an authority here in America that will protect us. Again, that we're able to preach, and we should take advantage of that. We should take advantage of that. So, when the law tells you you can't worship, when the law tells you you can't have a Bible, you can't speak Jesus' name, then that's a law that we don't have to submit to. We need to be like the disciples. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been walking through the Book of Romans with us, teaching us the truth and values found in its pages. As we continue to learn along with the recipients of Paul's letter, we'll find that the gospel message is present and practical for everyday life. If you've been touched by today's teaching and would like to listen again, you can find it on runningtheraceradio.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. When you do, you'll have access to the latest teachings as soon as they're made available. 
You can also connect with us on social media. Like our Facebook page to join the conversation and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Before our time with you today comes to an end, we'd like to take a moment and tell you how you can partner with us here at Running the Race. With more, here's Tracy. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting running the race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. That website one more time is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks again for joining us today. Join us again for another insightful edition of Running the Race.